The noise yeah. is enormous and the amount of sensory input surrounding us is huge. Mm -hmm. So our challenge as communicators is to gain the attention of people by speaking in a way that's simple and brief and vivid. How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam Session. Today's guest is Steve Woodruff, who's known throughout the business world as the King of Clarity. Steve has over 25 years of consulting experience in the life sciences training industry, and Steve's expertise is vast, specifically when it comes to communications training, network building, and personal branding, which makes him a very well-respected speaker and workshop facilitator. Steve is also the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Clarity Wins. Get heard and get referred. Steve, welcome to the Jam Session. Rob, it's great to be here with you. Yeah, we've known each other for a number of years. It's got to be probably close to 10 years now. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a kind of a, a small world of commercial pharmaceuticals where you and I met when you were at one particular pharma company and people move around from company to company, move into the industry, out on the consulting side, back in. So there's this, you hang around long enough, you get to know a lot of people. That you do. Yeah. It's kind of hard. I, it's a hard time to even keep track of where people are and, and you know, they move around a lot, but it's good that we've stayed connected over the years. And uh, as I said in, in the opening, you have a tremendous amount of experience and somebody who I've reached out to for advice. I view you as a trusted advisor. In fact, I've even brought you in to work with some of my clients. Yes. So, yeah. So it's great to get you on here as, as a guest. And I know we want to talk a little bit about, about your book, Clarity Wins. Uh, I've got to ask, though, what was the um, inspiration behind the book? Well, the inspiration actually started uh, many years back. And when I began my consulting uh, practice about 14 and a half years ago, it was to meet a need I saw in our industry, the commercial pharma training industry, which was a lot of vendors didn't do a real good job articulating who they really were, what they did well. And then many of those on the, in the training divisions, because they would come in from the field and then move through, it was a lot of rotational positions. Many of them didn't really know the vendor community, didn't mm -hmm. know project management, didn't know how to make good relationships. So when I began my company, it was as a matchmaker for vendors and clients in the training side, but I would help the vendors with their branding and messaging because they were awful at it by and large. Mm -hmm. And then I began to see that maybe the people on the training side could use some uh, instruction in vendor management, project management, things they weren't really trained on as salespeople. So I began to facilitate workshops on this whole vendor-client uh, mm -hmm. relationship, as well as creating new relationships. So that's how I began 14 years ago. And a lot of what has developed since has been this whole emphasis on how do we do really good communications with each other. Yeah, uh, But it began with that tangible problem that I saw in our industry. Yeah. And you know, um, there's a lot of parallels too, which I, I think this is where we're going to go to it. Just the whole theme of branding and, and even as leaders, you know, how we need to better brand ourselves and position ourselves. So, uh, and I know we'll get into this, but um, 
it's helpful just to at least have some of the the background of how you led up to this, which this kind of was, I guess, what led to your your book, Clarity Wins. Yeah, I began to see that the principles that I was working with on branding and communication were were universal. It wasn't yeah. just a company's need, but it was individuals in career transition or in their career growth. It was consultants. It was brands. It was teams even. You know, internal teams in a company need some kind of identity. Yeah. One of the concepts I settled on was the idea of keywords or hashtags. If you can own one or two words in the minds of people and gain that position, that's one of the keys to actually being memorable and getting referrals. And that's that's the the subtitle of the book is Get Heard, Get Referred. Referrals are all about occupying a little space. You're only going to get one pixel, people's minds. So you may as well make it the right hashtags, the right words. So when someone some years ago on my Facebook uh, timeline on my birthday said, happy birthday to the king of clarity. And I saw that phrase and I thought, man, that's that's branding. I mean, that's cool. Because if I can own the word clarity, yeah, I win. And that's what I've been doing ever since is everything is all about clarity. And people may not remember a lot of things, but they'll remember that there's one king of clarity. Yeah. That's me. That's pretty cool. You know what? I've known you, as I said, for a number of years. I never realized or knew the story, the backstory of how I knew you were the king of clarity. I just didn't know how that that came to be. That's pretty cool. You know, a lot of people really struggle with the whole networking aspect, which is so important, right? But I am curious. So um, I know in, in your book, you talk about a unique formula, and maybe you can share that, that with Share that with the audience. One of the things when it comes to branding and personal branding, professional branding, you know, being able to communicate your value in the network is uh, I did some R&D and R&D stands for, in this case, rip off and duplication. So <laughs> the key ways that a journalist is to write a story is by asking the questions who and what and why and how and where. And as I looked at those questions, I realized, you know what, if you can answer every one of those questions, you know, what exactly do I do that is of value? Mm-hmm. For whom? Who is my exact target audience? It can't be everybody or every company in the world. So who is the niche? How? What's the magic superpower that I bring to bear? Where is, am I local? Am I global? Am I physical? Am I virtual? Am I in this sector, in this, in HR, or am I in sales? Or Where am I located? And then why? What is the felt pain that I'm trying to solve? And so part of the branding exercise I go through with every individual that we do this with, as well as companies, is if we can answer those questions, we've got the foundation of a brand. We can take all that stuff and now we can market because now we know where we're heading, where we're going, what our position is. Walk me through that a little bit more, right? So when you're working with individuals, where do you think they struggle with the most when it comes to this? Uh, individuals suffer from what I call just another syndrome, and so do businesses, which is unless you, and, and I have a, a bird over my shoulder that I use to illustrate this. Uh-huh. So we've all seen those nature shows with a bunch of penguins on the ice floe, and they all look the same and they all sound the same. They're all just another penguin. And as professionals, particularly in a large company, we're just another sales rep, just another trainer, just another marketer. 
until we have found a way to lift ourselves above all the other penguins by saying, this is my unique value. This is my superpower. This is where I'm going. So the big step that a professional has to take is to say, I'm going to be in charge Mm -hmm. of the direction I'm taking, and I'm going to build my career on who I am and what my unique abilities and gifts and skills are. And then I'm going to put that into words so I don't just sound like one more person saying the same thing, you know, results-oriented professional. That's one president's award. That's all commodity language. And we need to get away from that and to be very specific so that people can understand, oh, Rob's all about that. Steve's all about that. Colleen's really special with that. And many times we don't recognize our strongest suit because you can't read the label of the jar you're in. Other people have to help tease it out and bring it to the surface and say, look, this is really mm-hmm. where you're strongest. And that's one of the most fun things I do is sit down with people in an hour and a half, two hours, hold up a mirror and say, is this who you are? And then go, holy cow, there it is. Yeah. But no one had ever helped bring it all out and systematize it. Yeah. Because I guess, you know, we're just too close to it. Right. We are. We can't. Some- I cannot. I can't read the label of jar I'm in. I have other people help me keep my head on straight because I twist myself around all kinds of axles too. Right. And uh what happens if people don't like what they see in the mirror? I'm sure that comes that I'm sure that that hinders people as well. Not right? when we're not when we're working on strength. So what I ah. do is I'm going after strengths. I'm going after you know, what are the things you do really well? What are the things people have said you're really good at? What are the things that get you juiced up? Hmm. Everybody has them. It's just a matter of telling the stories, bringing the stories out, and then pulling the elements and saying, okay, the reason why you're this way is because you're an architect. You're a builder. You've got to build something. And if you're working on just random things with no structure, you're not happy. Yeah. Uh, whereas other people, they don't have that mentality and they need to be in front of people in the spotlight, shining, you know, and, and you can have this whole variety of different things. And once you can find the one that fits, it's, it's like a new pair of shoes, you know, you put yeah. on that pair of shoes and it goes, oh yeah, this is the one. Yeah. And I guess, you know, finding the right people to help you really kind of read your, your label, if you will, is important too. Right. Um, I mean, obviously yeah. having, having you come in certainly speeds that whole process up. It's a branding exercise and it's something that not everybody can do. Most sure. of us can't do it on our own. We really actually need someone with the analytical and creative capabilities to sort of dig and figure things out. And that's just, it's just a gift. I, I can't even mm. explain how I do it. I can't train somebody to do it. Yeah. It's just what I do. And, you know, this is obviously applies to regardless what position you're in, right? I mean, we all, you know, need something like this, right? Help us figure out what our brand is. and Absolutely. And it's, a, it's also an ongoing process. So a lot of this, when you get to somebody that's in their late 30s, their 40s, their 50s, mm-hmm. they've got enough work experience that you can bring out the stories, the good and the bad stories. And then you can pull from that raw material and say, you know, okay, this is what I see coming. When somebody's in their 20s, and I've got grown children now, they're all in their 20s or early 30s. So I, I've 
Yep. You, know, hey, you have to practice what you preach as a dad. <laughs> and I've got five boys and they're all in, in different wow. stages of their work now. But you've got to look at what you got here, not make any assumptions and try to figure out where those strong suits are and then you know guide in those directions. And I think it's one of the most powerful things for any individual is to arrive at those keywords, look in the mirror and say, that's who I am. Mm -hmm. That's why I love this. That's why I want this. And it's the words, the just a few sentences or keywords that can liberate somebody to move in the right direction. This kind of goes back to what you were talking about before, right? Finding the right hashtags, the right words mm -hmm. that, that stick. Correct. Yeah. And it's very important. You want, it's part of your style. It's, if you're a leader, you know, what's going to be your leadership style? What are the things that make you work particularly well with this type of person or this type of situation? And, and so the, the hashtag exercise, the keyword exercise is just as for a company, same thing. Sure. And, and for a department, same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I worked with several training departments yeah. that wanted to have an identity and a brand. And so we sat down for half day sessions and we worked through all these words and arrived at two or three key phrases that said, this is the essence of this department and mm -hmm. this is the value it brings to the organization. What is your most memorable, you know, whether maybe with an individual that you can share, like what's the one that kind of stands out in your mind? The one that stands out in my mind is an individual I was having lunch with. Uh, we were just, I was just getting to know. He was in a pharma training. I was getting to know this guy. We were in an Irish pub and having lunch. And he was describing the type of work he was doing. And I just kept thinking, this, this guy's an architect. He likes to build large structures, yeah. departmental structure, curriculum structure. So we started talking about that. And, and I said, you know, your key word is infrastructure. You're an infrastructure builder. It, the light went on. He realized, yeah, that's what I'm all about. I continued getting to know this guy over the years. And I actually recommended him to a new job that was outside of a pharma company. And then he was going to come back into a new pharma company that where the department was in total disarray. And I said, this is, this is perfect for you. Perfect. You can go and build this thing. And so he did. And he brought me in to help with the branding. And then he helped me, in, helped me come in and, and do uh, emerging leaders programs, allowing those folks to come up with their strengths and their abilities and their message. So we've worked together back and forth now for years, both personally and corporately, both kind of building each other's careers together. It's really been fun. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So just even in that discussion over lunch, helping him figure out what his brand is, what he enjoys, some key words kind of changed his whole trajectory. Well, I've, I've mentioned in the book that I have a nickname for my wife. I've, I've branded my wife. You got to be careful about branding your wife, by the way. <laughs> nice uh, but she owns it. She's highly organized. I mean, uh -huh. just very anything that she walks into, she's going to organize it. So some years ago, I... I, one of my favorite words is just because it's funny sounding is discombobulated. Discombobulated mm -hmm. is a great word. And, yeah. you know, it means everything's in chaos. And for some reason, I don't know why, I just thought, you know what? There must be a word combobulate if there's a word discombobulate. Makes sense, right? Sure. That's the negation of combobulation. So I looked up combobulation and I said, holy cow, that's my wife. She's a <laughs> combobulator. And so I told her this. And the funny thing is, 
it makes sense of her entire life. Hmm. Everything, whether it's professional or personal or household, what she is a combobulated. And so to this day, we talk about, you know, how hmm. this particular brand helps bring light into who she is and what she does well. You know, the personal branding piece is really important and powerful. It's so important to understand how do we show up in the world in the yeah. eyes of others? Yeah, we're going to be navigating our way in a corporate world, both with external stakeholders and internal stakeholders. And if we're going to do that successfully, we want to have a good, clear, stable understanding of who we're, who we are, what we're all about. So that if someone says, hey, you ought to consider this job opportunity, we don't just look at the pay or the title. We say, you know what? That's not in my sweet spot. I'd hate that. Yeah. <laughs> or you get a job offer from a company, but you really need to be in a big company with a lot of support. And this is a startup mm. and you they drive you insane or vice versa. Right. You're insane in this big structured company and you need the creative ferment of a startup. So part of what I do in talking to people is what's the environment that you thrive in too? Yeah. It's not just your strengths. It's the environment and it's the type of challenge that right. you want. Sure. But what I see a lot, and I'm just curious to get your thoughts, is many of them struggle with, even once they they understand their, their brand and their strengths, they still struggle with separating themselves or the networking piece. Yes. For yeah. emerging leaders is so important to you know, make sure you're not out of, out of sight, out of mind, if you're looking to advance ahead and, and take over a team one day. You know, when I work with emerging leaders, I, I talk about networking techniques. And so mm -hmm. some of it is as simple as here's the best way to construct a LinkedIn profile or a resume so that you can get to the point mm -hmm. and tell people quickly what you're all about. Because a lot there's a lot of generic commodity language that people use on LinkedIn or, or resumes that makes them yeah. this guy. So we've got to work on that. But then there's the magic part of networking, which is building relationships. And not everybody's great at that uh, naturally. I'm an introvert, so mm -hmm. I've had to learn it. I have disciplined myself to learn to network assertively. But, you know, I'd rather go off in a corner with a, a fire and a pipe and a book <laughs> and just sit and read. I, right. I, I've, that's me. Yeah. And so one of the things I've developed for people as far as networking is, look, if you want to be a great networker, I don't care whether you're an introvert, extrovert, whatever. There's one particular skill that if you master this and it's so easy, you'll be great. And it's called story asking. So we all know about storytelling and storytelling is an important part of branding. Mm -hmm. If you, one of the things I work with on people is their stories. Okay. So here's the essence. Here's your brand. Here's your direction. Let's marshal the stories that illustrate this so that when you tell people, you can pull back stories and say, and that's why I did this. That's why this worked. That's stories are very powerful. They are. Yeah. And that, that's an art. That's an art in itself too. Storytelling is awesome. And the yeah. human brain and everything I do based of clear communications is, is brain-based. It's a how the human brain wants information is, is the core of, of all the clarity formula that I've developed. All the things I do around clarity uh -huh. is the brain and the human brain loves stories. Uh, but also people like to tell their story. And yeah. so one of the things I'm good at as a networker is I do story asking. Yeah. I ask people their story. I'll, I'll even sometimes just say, what's your story? Mm -hmm. And let them start. But usually I make it not quite as abrupt. I'll say something like this. So 
you know, you probably didn't in your high school yearbook say, I aspire to be a leadership podcaster and to work <laughs> with emerging leader programs in corporate America. Right. So tell me, Ram, how did you get from there to here? And then just shut up. You win. Because once people start telling you their story, mm -hmm. then you have more questions to ask. Well, why did you end up doing that? Or how did this happen? And you'll end up talking to this person. They'll realize 25 minutes down the road, they haven't asked you anything, but they love you now because you've been helping them tell their story. Yeah. So if you're going to be a great networker in an organization or even outside an organization, that's the one skill hands down story asking. And then after you ask their story, the second question that totally clinches the deal is to say, now, how can I help make connections for you? Hmm. Who do you need to know? How can I refer you? Yeah. And if you can pull out stories and refer people, you make friends for life. I think what you just said is, is powerful. I don't think I've ever, you know, heard it explained that way because, you know, we, we fall into the trap of Many of us know the importance of telling stories, and for some, it's difficult, right? Others, it just comes out naturally. Others, it, it's not. Mm -hmm. And I think we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves that we have to tell our story, right? We have to get it out there. Networking is all about speaking and just, you know, having these questions. I don't think I've ever made the connection to what you just said, which, because I'm an introvert too. I'm just like you. I'd rather just go, you know, in a corner, pour myself glass of scotch and just kind of decompress. And, and yet the story asking is such a great technique because it does take a lot of that pressure off you. All of it. It does. Yeah. And by the time you have been pulling somebody else out and they're finally ready for you to tell your stories, you already kind of know where their head's at and, and where their emotions are. And then it's much easier to tell your story. It's not just some manipulative technique. Right. Sure. This is great human relationship. It's what it is. It's, yeah. you know, this is how to relate to humans. Yeah. Because you find common interests too, as you're talking, things you just, mm -hmm. you know, uncover things. Yep. Um, and it does make it a little bit more natural when you take that approach. So if we're going to network, if we're going to be effective in an organization, we've got to be memorable. And mm -hmm. stories and keywords are memory things. And one of the other memory tools I talk about is symbolic language, which is using illustrations or analogies as symbolic language, because that will stick in the memory of people. If I say to someone, oh, you need to talk to, to Rob, uh, he's the Mercedes of leadership podcasters, okay? Wow. I'm using, uh, whether or not it's true, I mean, thanks right. for 50 bucks. It was really nice of you to, to pay yeah. you. Yeah. But, Good example, though. Yeah, yes. I, could, I could put a, a whole paragraph of description, but nobody's going to remember that. They're going to remember, oh, the Mercedes, this guy's quality, this guy's exclusive, this guy's cool. So the use of symbolic language as a communicator, as a trainer, as mm -hmm. you know, any way that we, that we communicate, uh, symbols and stories and snippets like hashtags, these are the great ways to get our message across into people's heads. Yeah, because it's just so much with all the information out there, all the organizational noise, is so much of what we say or do gets just drowned out, right? Well, our biggest competition, I tell people, I don't care who you are, what company you're with, your biggest competition is the noise. The noise yeah. is enormous and the amount of sensory input surrounding us is huge. Mm -hmm. 
So our challenge as communicators is to gain the attention of people by speaking in a way that's simple and brief and vivid. And this is what I teach people when I do clarity workshops is how do you communicate? How do you use snippets and stories and symbolic language and statements to punch your way into the attention of people and gain their understanding? So here's something you probably didn't know. Our brains process 11 million bits of information per second. Per second. Per second no, from that... our five senses and everything going on inside. Okay. You're not conscious of it. That's what's happening. 11 million bits per second. You and I talking to each other, that takes up about 60 bits. And we can handle about 120 bits. We can handle like one and, and maybe one other thing on the side. And that's all we can consciously process. So we got 11 million here mm -hmm. and we got to somehow gain attention in that little 60 to 120 bit window. How do we do that? Mm. And this is where brain-friendly communication comes in. So I teach people about the reticular activating system, which is the brain's filtering mechanism, which takes all of that input, sorts it for relevance, and says, this is what you're going to focus on right now. This is the important thing. So that means that when we communicate, we have to speak in terms of what's relevant, what's new, what's interesting, what's in it for me. We condition all of our communications around something relevant to the person so that we gain attention. And that's the crucial first step in all clear communications is I've got to gain attention. And I got a lot of competition and some of it's pretty interesting. I'm not as interesting as Netflix. Sorry. So I better be really relevant. So is it fair to say then you really have to do your due diligence in knowing the party across from you? who the intended message is to make sure it's relevant to yeah. them. It's going to land. You've got to know the audience to some extent. I mean, there's only so much you can know. Sure. But you also have to know where you're going. I mean, what is the point you're trying to get to? The brain doesn't have time to sort through 25 points. Mm -hmm. So what's the point is the crucial thing. And the technique I encourage people to use in figuring out what that point is and gaining attention is, Right now, this audience is a person or a group or whatever. They're thinking a certain way. Mm -hmm. They're feeling a certain way. And they're acting a certain way. How do I want them to mm -hmm. think and feel and act based on this communication? Mm -hmm. What's the A to B shift that I'm aiming for? And when I can articulate the point B, the direction, the outcome, the goal I'm looking at, that's the point. Yeah. And that's what I bring to the surface in the email or in the instruction or the beginning of the book or any communication. You bring the point to the surface mm -hmm. so people can lock in and say, oh, that's where we're headed. If we just fill people's heads with a bunch of corporate noise, we got 11 million other things that are going to fill their minds. You know, what's interesting is I think this is very timely because this episode will air beginning of the year, which is where a lot of leaders take the time in January to meet with your teams to kind of talk about the vision for the year, right? What's mm -hmm. the objectives for the year, you know, and uh, everything you're saying in my mind, at least is, is great advice for leaders that are going to be addressing their teams as they kick off the new year. Is that fair? Part of leadership skill uh, is 
being able to articulate very clearly the direction we're taking. Yeah. You've got to set the GPS. You've got to say, here's where we're going. And here's how we're going to get there. And many leaders are muddled. They may actually know kind of where they want to go, but the way they say it is all over the joint and people don't process it. They can't, they can't read that mind. So I think one of the most important skills for a leader is how do we get people on the same page? Yeah. And that's a communication and collaboration challenge. And I'll tell you what the biggest the biggest go-to for this is somebody's got to create the page. Yeah. We all talk about, we all want to be on a, nobody's creating the page. The page is a simple document that says, this is what this is about. This is what this meeting's about. This is what the goal is about. This is the responsibilities. This is it. So we not only have to get our point across, we've got to actually get people on the same page. And that means great communication, collaboration skills of distilling the message down to where people say, that's it. I get it. I agree. Does it also tie into what we were just talking about before, right? In terms of the bits of information, right? Yeah. And, right. I mean, I guess this is all kind of all, even symbolic language, it's all kind of tying in together. Yeah. And, and a lot of my appreciation for this, this need for clear collaborative language mm -hmm. came out of my doing workshops on vendor and project management. Because what I saw happening was people would sit around in a room and they'd all sort of agree. They thought they would agree on what was going on and words would be using sloppily. And then you walk out and two weeks later, it's like, didn't yeah. we actually, nobody put it down in a systematic, clear plan yeah. that everybody could understand. And so part of what I encourage people to do in, in vendor project management, really in any type of communication is you've actually got to articulate exactly where this is going, including, you know, what's the deliverable I'm expecting you to drop on my desk at the end of this $100,000 project. If we're not clear on the deliverable, we ain't clear on anything. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. If you were going to give advice in, in everything that, that we're talking about, if there was one thing, one thing that we have to get right, what would that one thing be when it comes to this? There are a lot of important things. Yeah, But the crucial thing that someone can walk away from this discussion and implement immediately yeah. is, can you, in the first 10 seconds of any meeting, any discussion, any email, get right to the relevant point? And by that, I mean the subject line of the email is in competition with all the everything else in that inbox. If the subject line of the email is, uh, here's an update on some corporate crap, you're not going to gain attention. You're not going to get action. You're not going to get anything. So the art is, can we bring forward and distill the major important thing that will secure attention? If we don't secure attention, we got nothing. Yeah. You might have an incredibly valuable training course, but if you stand up in the first minute and bore everybody, you've blown your chance. That's so true. So it's, it's, it's that what I call the first moment of truth. If we can win in the first moment of truth, if we can get that 60 to 120 bits focused on us, now we got a shot. Yeah. I use this shortcut ARIA, attention, relevance, information, action. If you want to structure a good, clear communication, just use the ARIA framework. I got to get your attention. I got to show the relevance. Now I've earned the ability to give some information. And now here's the action. 
If you structure your emails that way, you win. I got to imagine that. Uh, that also probably applies if you're just meeting somebody for the first time or like, is that, you know, we talk about the elevator pitch. Yeah. Is that a similar? Similar thing. So yeah. today I met somebody new in the coffee shop I went to. So a guy that I do know was sitting with a guy I don't know. And he introduced me and the guy basically, you know, well, who are you? What do you do? And I said, I'm the king of clarity. <laughs> That's so awesome. I had his attention. You yeah. Know? Because I, I, if I just said, oh, well, I'm sort of an HR uh, functionary sitting behind a gray suited drone, that, <laughs> you know, but if you come up with something unexpected or something kind of new or twisting or interesting, that's how you get attention. That's pretty awesome. I think that's a great example. When we kind of started the podcast, introducing you as a King of Clarity. And I think that story you just told pretty much sums up the importance of what you do and, mm-hmm. and why you do it. And that definitely, that definitely would have caught my attention if I was meeting you the first time. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all your expertise with, with my audience. And as I said, I've known you for a number of years. And even in this discussion, I've learned some great techniques as well. And we'll put all of your information in the show notes. That way, if anybody wants to reach out to you, highly encourage all all of you out there who are struggling in some of these areas and communication is everything, definitely reach out to Steve as he will bring you tremendous value. I appreciate you bringing me on, Rob. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Absolutely. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.